Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I said, you know, we're going to part ways and do whatever. Well, then he called me uh, yesterday and says, hey, I showed a guy whenever back. They want to come back and look at it a second time. And they're bringing all their board and all their whatever big wigs to come in and take a look at it. And so that's a good sign. And so they're there tonight. And so we're just believing God that when they get there, in fact, this is one of the things that we always said is that because if you ever knew how much we did to renovate that building, one of these days we'll show old pictures and new pictures in comparison. But I always have said, God, we are preparing this building for the next ones that come in and that it will be what they desire it to be. And so I know that that building's old and there's some uh, areas where it needs improvement. But if you saw what we bought before, oh, my Lord, you would say, why did you ever buy that? This, we knew it was God. We knew what we could do. And so we're just trusting that God is sending the right people, that that building will be a blessing to them, and that it will just be a blessing to the kingdom of God. So just hook up with us and believe God for the right people. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Do I got my glasses here? Thank you, babe. Thank you for bringing those. How many of you know, if you, us guys, if we didn't have our wives to keep us in line, we'd be in big trouble? Big trouble. Uh, <laughs> And one of the wives says, yes, that's right, yes. <laughs> yes, I can agree with that, amen. Well, hey, listen, in the last few weeks, we have been talking in, in, in really, if we can say it this way, we've been talking about the subject of faith. And it's been taking on a different uh, look or a different approach from one week to the next and in talking about who we are in Christ and the rights and privileges that we have as as children of God, the inheritance that belongs to us. But how many of you know it's all contingent upon faith? Us believing God and trusting God for what it is that we have need of. And for those of you that would say, well, you know, you talk a lot about faith, you know, and, and it seems like you've just exhausted the subject of faith. Well, do you realize that faith is, is very vast and very broad? And for that matter, did you know that the Bible said that when it comes to faith, it says that we walk by faith and not by sight? The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. It says that we obtain the promises of God by faith, that we subdue subdue kingdoms by faith. And the Bible even goes on to say this. It says that you can't please God without faith. If you're a Christian and if you're born again here tonight, you didn't receive salvation without faith. For it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. So this subject of faith is very big and very broad. And it's very important for us to really begin to understand just the different facets of it. Because really that's how we live and that's how we move and have our being, right? And so the Bible says this in Romans ten seventeen. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the most significant thing to our walk of faith is the Word of God. And for that matter, in the life of a believer, the Word of God is the most significant, vital thing that you could uh, appropriate to your life. Secondly, it would be your prayer life. Most believers have a prayer list, but it's important to have a prayer life. You tracking with me? 
Because it's different. You can have your prayer list and say, okay, God, I'm making my list, checking it twice, versus having a prayer life. And a prayer life is just having a conversation or just constant communication with God. And so God's wanting us to grow in this area of knowing His Word and knowing Him. And so, uh, again, you might hear some of these things tonight, and you might think, well, uh, this is repetitive, or we've heard these things. But listen, as a pastor, I've gotten free from the the spirit of repetition because you realize that uh, you don't just get it hearing at one time, right? And just as a pastor, uh, the, the better you get it, the faster you get it, I can move on, right? So let's just get it. Let's figure out and grow in faith and seeing, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> seeing what that looks like. If you recall, some of these things will sound familiar, but if you recall, we said this over in John chapter 10, verse 10, and for me, this is one of those verses that just really resonates with me, and so again, you'll know that we reference it oftentimes, but in John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that the thief comes not for, but to steal, kill, and destroy. So in other words, he don't come for any other reason but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then Jesus makes this comparison in contrast. He says, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when we look at the contrast of the statement that Jesus made, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, to destroy. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So in other words, what the enemy comes to do is to steal, kill, and destroy this abundant life that I've come to give. Now, let's dig into that a little bit further because when we look at Jesus, he says, I'm the one that came. Well, who is he? Obviously, he is the Christ. He's the Son of God. But who is he? The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in other words, the Word, Jesus being the embodiment of the Word of God, living and acting out the very will and heart and Word of God in the flesh, He says, The Word is what brings you life and life more abundantly. And therefore, on the contrast, the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy the Word in your life that brings life and life more abundantly. Let's take it a little bit further. He says, this life that I've come to give you, it means to be uh, 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 life abundant, means in quality and in quantity. So the enemy's coming to steal the quantity and the quality of life. And then it goes on to say this, in the actual Greek, the word life is zoe, or it's the God kind of life. So the enemy is coming to steal the word of God, to steal, kill, and destroy the word that brings the life, the kind of life that God desires, that is a life of abundance and a life of quality, and he's coming to steal that from us. Are you tracking with me? So once again, when it comes to us experiencing this life, it's based upon the Word of God. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's look at a couple verses. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly in quality and quantity, the very life of God, the very nature of God. But notice what he says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus, he gets up into the synagogue and he begins to minister. And in verse 18, he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who is me? The Word. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So not only is he the word that has come to give us life and life more abundantly, he said in the ministry that I've come to do while I'm walking this earth is to preach, proclaim, to declare the gospel The word, which is good news. Then he goes on to say, and then I am to proclaim and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim those who are bound that they're free. He says, what did I come to do? I came to bring you the gospel. To preach it. To tell it to you. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Did you notice it didn't say faith comes through having heard? It says faith comes through hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's a continual hearing. Why? Because you can have heard, and at the moment that you heard, faith can start to come and get, wow, praise the Lord, God is good. But the enemy comes. He brings stuff. He brings distractions, he brings sickness, he brings disease, he brings death. And it has the opportunity to begin to steal, kill, and destroy the word that you have heard. And therefore, faith begins to diminish. So I continually hear the word, hear the word, hear the word. It's good news, it's good news. God's came to set me free. He's came to set me free. He's came to make me whole. He's came to make me free. And upon hearing and hearing and hearing, faith continues to grow. Faith continues to grow. It keeps sustaining itself because I keep hearing and hearing and hearing, not just having heard. Right? It's the word that produces faith. In John 6, 63, Jesus said this. He said, my words are spirit and their life. That word life is that word We saw in the first place in John 10, Zoe, or the God kind of life. So he came and says, I am the Word made flesh. What I came to do is to preach the Word. And he says, my Word that I preach is the Zoe life of God. So every time you hear the Word of God, it produces faith that produces the life of God that produces quality and quantity of life that He came to give. Are you seeing why the devil tries to keep you out of church? Because you hear the Word of God. Have you ever noticed on Sunday morning, especially on Wednesday night, there's all kinds of things that start coming up. Boy, you're kind of tired, had a long day. Boy, just before you left the house, you got into it with the husband or the wife or the kids. Drive you crazy. There's always all kinds of, it's cold out there. There's snow on the ground. I've got lots of, there's dishes in the sink. There's, I got to mow the grass, whatever. There's always some reason. Why? Because there's an excuse as to why you don't hear the word. Every time you hear the word, it produces life. Why? Because faith 
comes upon hearing the word. Are you tracking with me? So the word of God is so significant in our lives because faith is what we live by. It's how we walk. It's how we obtain the promises of God. It's how we please God. Now, with that being said, in this line of receiving from God, entrusting God, having faith for Him to move in my life, oftentimes we've heard this, and I know I've shared this with you before, but once again, it's for the sake of getting us to get it. Because as I said, we can hear it, but we, 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 we immediately retreat back to what is familiar. And if there's some things that I've always heard or some things that I've always gravitated to, it's easy to run there because that becomes the excuse or that becomes the safe place. Because anything outside of that means that I've got to use my faith. And so when it comes to receiving from God... Oftentimes, you've heard people leave it up to the sovereignty of God. Well, God is sovereign. And God does what God wants to do. If God wants to do that, if God wants to give me the God kind of life, if God wants to bless me, if God doesn't want the devil to wreak havoc in my life, then then God will do something. It's all up to the sovereignty of God. And we say that with having no clue what the sovereignty of God is. Or understanding what His will is. But how can you have faith if you don't know what God's will is? You cannot confidently believe God for something that you're not sure that He wants you to receive it. Now hold your place there. And I know we've gone here before. If you don't like what you're hearing, just blame the Holy Spirit because He's the one that told me to minister on this and He knows you need to hear it again. So, 1 John chapter... Chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. Now, I could have quoted this to you, but I want you to see it in your Bible, that your Bible says the exact same thing as mine. Now, this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Now, does everybody agree what confidence means? Not timidity. Not uncertain. No, we have confidence that we have in Him that whatever we ask, or that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. All right, so let's stop there for a moment. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So the if is conditional, isn't it? So doesn't the if tell me that I have the opportunity to know what His will is. Notice what verse 15 says. And if we know, if we know that He hears us, we have whatever we ask of Him. Or whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. So when it comes to this idea that it's just all left up to the sovereignty of God, God is sovereign, but He's sovereign To His Word. Are you tracking with me? He is a sovereign God. He will do what God said He will do. But the confines to God's will and sovereignty 
is governed by this right here. And so therefore, if you want to know what the will of God is concerning your life in any area, it's in the book. The Word of God is your lifeline to know the heart of God. Therefore, if I know what God's Word says, the Word produces faith. Therefore, I have a confident expectation to believe God for what He said belongs to me in the Word. Can you say amen if you agree with that? (laughs) I guess we're going to preach this for the next five weeks then. Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right. So we can know the sovereignty of God. And like I said, it is lined up or it lines up with his word. Now let me give you an example of that or just to help give reference to that. In Romans chapter 10, the Bible says... The word is near you and in your mouth. The word of faith in which we preach. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. If you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus or confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. How do you believe in your heart? You got to first have heard something in order to believe. For the Bible says, how can they receive Christ unless they hear? How can they hear unless someone's sent? How can they sin unless there is a preacher? So there has to be hearing of the Word of God or the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ in order for somebody to say, I believe and therefore I confess Jesus as Lord. Right? Would you say that it is God's sovereign plan that all men be saved? Is it God's heart that all men are saved? Now, some would, some would argue that. Well, God saves some and he doesn't save some other ones. Now, again, you're getting off into other belief systems. And I'll be the first to tell you that if I had my rathers, I would rather that not everybody has the opportunity to be saved. You know, the rapists, the child molesters, the murderers. I would, I, would, I would love to say, burn in hell, baby. You deserve it. But the mercy of God says that if you confess with your mouth and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Regardless of who you are. The man on the cross that says to Jesus, remember me this day. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He was the criminal, deserved to be up there. But Jesus says, I'll forgive you of your sins. Amen. It's the sovereignty of God that according to his word, we have the right to be saved. All right, now just to take that a little bit further. The Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter 3. And the reason I go here is because the Bible says, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Therefore, if you're going to have faith in something, if you're going to build a doctrine upon something, there's got to be other scriptures that build that foundation. So notice what it says here in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness. But is long-suffering toward us, not willing, everybody say not willing. So if he's not willing, that expresses or describes what his will is. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, receiving eternal life. 
So what is the will of God? That none should perish. Now, is that going to be the case? No, we know that that's not going to be the place or the case. But God says, nevertheless, my will is, is that every single person would come to repentance. Amen? And then the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved or receive salvation. How many of you are Greek scholars in here? Anybody? Well, then let me just help you. The word all in Greek means all. You can take that and impress your friends tomorrow, okay? I know some Greek. All means all. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved or receive salvation. So, do we know the will of God concerning this matter? Absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question. For those of you that have received salvation, made Jesus the Lord of your life, based upon the Scripture, all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. If that was the case, would you say, well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to save me. What are you waiting for? Did you confess Jesus as Lord? Well, yes, I, I confess Jesus as Lord. And I believe in my heart. But I'm just waiting for the sovereign plan of God for God to get around it. I mean, I realize that God's really busy. There's a lot of people on this planet, and I'm just waiting for him to get around to actually saving me. (laughs) Now, I realize that there are some people that have have lived a life that way, that they just feel as though they're not worthy for, for God to save them, and they keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting. But does that make sense to say, I've confessed Jesus as Lord. I believe what the Word of God says. I have faith that He came to die for my sins, and upon doing so, I'm still waiting for my salvation. Would you? No, it doesn't make sense, does it? All right, now let me take that a little bit further. That word saved, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Those two words are the exact same words. And in that word salvation or saved, it is not just eternal life or forgiveness of sin, bringing us into a relationship with God. In that context or those words, it's really saying there is a redemptive package. Remember, I showed you the box last week. There is a package of what salvation is. It's not just eternal life. That's the big picture. But when you got this package of salvation and eternal life, in it came health and healing. In it came provision and prosperity and blessing. In it came protection from God. In it came perseverance and preservation by Him. It's in the package. Now, put that on the shelf for a moment. Have you ever ordered a new vehicle before? Anybody, if you've, if you've ever ordered a new vehicle, raise your hand, okay. Uh, some of you have. I, I've had the, the opportunity to do it a couple different times. And so... You go to the the dealership, 
And I think well, we've bought Chevys most of, most of our lives, GM family, I guess. So you go to the dealer and you say, okay, this is the car that I want. This is the color that I want it. And they'll have packages. And in these packages, there's some that have leather seats, some that have the whole media package. You know, in the leather seats, some of them have the heated leather seats, and they have the electrical, you know, they move you up and down, and, and, and then there's air condition. Man, they're just, man, they're sweet, right? And so you've ordered a vehicle, and it has this package with it. And you, you, you get with the dealer, and they say, okay, we, we, we can get that for you. We'll either order it from the factory, or we'll search one out and find it for you. And you're like, great. And so they make up a contract for you. They put it all on paper. And you review it, say, yep, that's exactly what I want. Yep, that's exactly what I want. Yep, that's exactly what I want in my package. Yep, that's it. And they say, okay, here's the price. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with the price. And so you sign your name. I agree to the price that needs to be paid. I agree with the package that you have. It's all documented in, in paper here. I've signed it. Therefore, we have a covenant agreement. Just waiting for my package. And so six weeks later, they call you. Hey, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, just wanted you to know that your vehicle has come in. And you get excited because you've been thinking about it for the last time. That new car smell, the leather seats, man, it's getting into wintertime. Can't wait to have heated seats. Never had heated seats before. It's got all that media GPS stuff, and the kids got the little things back here that they can watch videos, and it's got air conditioning. I can't wait. And so you get there, and they say, hi, Mr. S- uh, Mrs. So-and-so, let's go look at your car. And so you look at the car, and it looks on the outside exactly what you wanted. It's the model. It's the color. It's the year. And you're like, sweet. And you open up the door, like, wait a minute. I don't have leather seats. And then you, you sit down in it and you, you look in there. And it's like, it's only got an AM radio. No media package. It don't even have air condition. It's got heat, but it don't even have air condition. And you, you, you say to them, what's up? I ordered the package. Oh, it's coming. What do you mean it's coming? We had an agreement. The price was agreed upon what needed to be paid for. And and none of these options of the package are with it. Well, yeah, but listen, it's just all up to the sovereignty of General Motors. And and, and it will show up sooner or later. It's just all up to the sovereignty of Ford Motor Company. Now, now it'll come around sometime. Don't know when it is. Because it's just all based upon whenever they get around to it. Because they're busy making cars. Right? Would you walk away with that? vehicle no you wouldn't because you'd say this was the package that i agreed upon now let's just say they made the arrangements and they got you the package and you open up the car leather seats Whoo! praise the lord all the media stuff air conditioning man it's exactly what you wanted and you sit there in the parking lot looking at it And the dealer says, there you go. Ten minutes later, he's like, everything okay? Yeah, I'm just looking at it. And they finally decide to get the key 
and open up the door. And so you sit inside of the package. It's mine. And you sit out there all night long. And the dealer comes out and says, is there something wrong? No. How come you haven't left? How do I do that? Well, that key that you opened the door with is the same key that you put in the ignition to engage the power. And when the key engages the power, all the media stuff comes on. The seats start heating up. The air condition starts blowing and the heat starts working. And you say, man, I've been trying forever to get the heat to work. I've been trying forever to get the media thing to come on. I've been trying forever to get the package to work and just didn't know how to get it to work. It was the key that engaged it all and made it work. Your faith is the key that engages everything that your package of salvation has. And so therefore, you can live your entire life saying, bless the Lord, I wish one day God will heal my body. I wish one day God will do something in my life. I wish one day, if you don't engage the key of faith, it will never be enacted. All the while you have the package of salvation. Are you here tonight? Because we're waiting on the sovereignty of God. And God's saying, you've got the package. Just turn it on. Just turn loose the power. It's your faith. So, the individual that's sitting there in the car and he's been waiting all this time to drive off the parking lot just didn't know how to get the power engaged. Was that the dealer's fault? How come? How come, dealer? I've been wanting this and I'm wanting to enjoy this, but how come you didn't tell me? So the reason you sat in the parking lot was based upon the lack of knowledge, right? It was really ignorance on your part, and ignorance is just merely lack of knowledge. So when it comes to us not receiving or partaking of all that God has provided for us, is it based upon God's sovereign will and just Him waiting for us to get into a position and him not get busy and putting us on the list in order to get the promises of God to us? No, it's based upon your knowledge. And if you don't believe that God desires for you to experience all that he provided for you, this life and this life more abundantly, you'll look to God and say, well, God, it's on your time frame. Why do we do that? Because it takes it out of your hand and the responsibility is not yours. And you don't have to do nothing about it. And God says, It's in the package. It's yours. It's like the one man that went on a cruise. He saved up, saved up, saved up, and got on the cruise. And, man, he's enjoying it, man. It's beautiful. I mean, he's out there on the water, fresh sea air and seagulls and seeing whales breach over there. And, man, oh, it's just an awesome trip. And thankfully, he, you know, stored up in his suitcases cheese and crackers and peanut butter. And the, 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 the cruise is 10 days and he, he goes walking down the sidewalk and he looks into the dining cab, cabins and he's watching these people just eat lobster and steak and shrimp. And he's like, wow, that looks good. As he's dipping his cracker in the peanut butter and eating it. 
And one of the stewards had seen him all these times standing on the outside of the dinner cart, looking in. And finally, the last day, as he's out there looking in at everybody eating lobster and shrimp and steak and, oh, man, and he's out there, last cracker, last dip of peanut butter, and the steward comes and says, Sir, he said, I've seen you out here. And he says, can I ask, why are you out here? He says, well, I saved up my money and all I could afford was the cruise. And he said, so I, I brought some crackers and peanut butter with me. He said, so I just was watching them eat their food. He said, sir, did you not know that when you bought the ticket for the cruise, the dinner car was all, it was all included. That was yours all the time. You could have went in there any time to eat whatever you wanted. It was lack of knowledge. Amen. God says it's for you. But ignorance is what causes us to not receive. And so the word of God is our evidence. And I'm going to close with this. The word of God is our evidence as to what God said is his sovereign plan and his sovereign will. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you have need in your body for health and healing, then my question for you, what verse of Scripture are you standing upon to say, God, this is your sovereign will, therefore I believe it. If you cannot answer that, then you are not in a position of faith saying, bless the Lord, I'm receiving what God said belongs to me. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Why do I got to keep on hearing? Because upon hearing, I begin to see myself the way God sees me. If I don't see myself the way God sees me, then what I'll begin to see is the reality of this physical, tangible life. And the enemy will bring it to my attention and bring my awareness to it and put it in front of me and says, doesn't it hurt? Doesn't it not feel good? The bills are just stacking up. You're going to lose the house. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And therefore, every time that I look in the mirror, if I don't purpose to build my faith on the Word of God, which is His sovereign will, every time that I look in the mirror, I will see what the enemy says And it's the steal, killing, and destroying aspect. I see a sick body. I see a frail person. I see my body diminishing right in front of my eyes. I look in the mirror and I look at the failure. I look at the messed up marriages. I look at the kids that I've messed up. I I look in the mirror and I, I see somebody that's getting ready to lose the house and You're such a failure. You're such a loser. And every time I look in the mirror, the enemy is accommodating me with the lies, the thoughts, the suggestions. And it begins to steal, kill, destroy any word or any faith that I did once have at one point in time. When I heard it and faith began to grow. But upon hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. God, this is what your word says. Oh God, thank you. In spite of... The doctor's report, in spite of what the bank says, in spite of what the marriage or the kids are acting like right now, when I look in the mirror, I see me. This is what I see because I've got faith. Remember I told you 
we had need of a well. When did I need a well? I needed a well right now. Well, the parameters by which I needed God to move was two weeks. Now, if, if your position, your faith is in a different position or what you have need of, don't try to manipulate God. If, you, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wanting a, a you know, million-dollar faith, but you don't even have $10 faith, you don't have the ability to manipulate God that way. Does that make sense? Because your faith hasn't grown that way or to that, to that degree. The Word of God begins to build our faith. And this, as I finish, I was blessed to, to you know, again, I love hearing your stories of, of just you stepping out, trusting God, believing God. That's what we're here for. That's what, that's what motivates me. With all the junk of, of ministry, you know, there's this junk, you know, and this stuff that just wears you down at times. But then it's those stories that's like, yes, that's why we do what we do. Jacqueline and Jordan, they were telling us a story. In fact, they shared it, I think, uh, last uh, Sunday morning. Their son had a temperature of 104, getting close to 105. They didn't want to necessarily take him into the doctor as of yet, but they just purposed to say, okay, God, we're trusting you at your word. And the church, we produced this little prayer book thing of just scriptural references of the promises of God. So I believe uh, Jacqueline said, Jordan says, well, Let's just get the word. They sat down together as a husband and wife. Opened up the prayer book. That has all these verses of God's promises already laid out. And they just began to read. What are they doing? Hearing the word. God, you said, by your stripes, we are healed. Not trying to get healed. You said you did it back then. You said that you healed all of our wounds. You took all the sickness. You took all the pain. They began to meditate. Read the word. And as they prayed and as they meditated on the word, Jacqueline said, instantly the fever broke. Why? Because they enacted the word which already said they have a package of health and healing. Did they wait for it? Did they wait for the fever to get so blazing hot that it fried their little baby's brain? And again, I know that's graphic. But no, they didn't wait for it to get severe. They took action and said, this belongs to us. Did they get all paranoid and say, okay, we've got to go to the doctor. Now again, not that there's anything wrong with doctors. But they said, first thing to do, we're going to get into the Word of God. Because the Word of God says, this is what belongs to us. Amen? You have a package of salvation. That's not just eternal life. My heart and my desire is for us to walk around as believers that know who we are. Stop being pawns of the devil where he says, well, yeah, you just got to be settled with that. But say, no, I believe and I trust God. And it's mine now. We could talk all night about that. But praise the Lord. Did you get something tonight? All right. Let me ask you for a couple Interactions with me. Tell me what you got. Anybody? And hear it and hear it. Absolutely. Amen. What else? Anybody else get anything out of tonight? Yeah, you can have a list of prayer needs. 
but your prayer needs get met out of having a prayer life. Anybody else? Just ready to go tonight, huh? You just, you're just hungry to go get into the Word, aren't you? <laughs> you're just cold? <laughs> All right, sorry, dear. <laughs> Keep you awake. All right, we'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. God, I trust that, Lord, our hearts heard tonight and no offense was taken, that we, we heard clearly what you want us to hear tonight. God, we are growing in faith. God, we partake of that which belongs to us, that we are heirs of salvation in everything that belongs to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life